everybody and welcome to the artist well um before we start this morning i want to give a quick shout out to sheila walsh um sheila has an exhibition in the limerick museum currently it opened on thursday and sheila very wisely used our showcase uh, facility to do a quick 30 second in her case 30 seconds you can do it up to 60 seconds a 30 second um sort of promo if you like <clears throat> for her exhibition and in the two days leading up to it from the time she did it she had 1273 precisely views between instagram and youtube which is phenomenal so um i would urge you to spread the news you know tell people about this it is a free service and uh it's there for artists to promote um their work or their not their work as such but anything that their event they're involved in or an exhibition or something like that um <clears throat> the other two things i want to mention to you before we start is that we have two interesting episodes coming up that are sort of non-visual artists um one is uh, a a couple um husband and wife team who are framers he's a, a carver and his wife is a gilder and between the two of them they produce the most extraordinary frames uh, either renovated or reproduced to their original and they've done work for you know 13th century uh, paintings up to the present day uh, quite amazing work and uh, that that that's going to be of interest their work can be found in palaces and museums all around the world so the two of them will be on in fact two weeks time they're, they're going to be on and the other thing I'd like to mention to you is um, an episode where we are going to have the Lord Mayor of Dublin talking to us from the Mansion House and going through some of the extraordinary treasures there are in, in that Mansion House. There are some amazing uh, paintings, Joshua Reynolds. I mean, just wow stuff. And also there's a fabulous, on the return of the staircase, there's a beautiful Harry Clark um, stained glass window. Um, so we'll get a sort of a privileged insight into every single aspect of, of the um, of the mansion house. And just as a matter of interest, the mansion house was built um, in 1710 by a property developer called Joshua Dawson, hence the name of the street, Dawson Street. And then it was bought uh, by the government in 1715 and became the mansion house as, as we know today. And I think also served as the venue for the first doll uh, when we got independence. So that should be a really interesting thing. And it's with the Lord Mayor, who is Dahi de Rushta. And Dahi is an extraordinary man. He's, he's a historian. Uh, and hence, he loves talking about the work in the Mansion House. So I think you'll enjoy that. That's going to be in April. So let's get on to today and, and our guest, Wilma Vissers. And Wilma hails from the Netherlands. Uh, so let's zoom off straight over to the Netherlands and have a, a chat with her. Good morning to you, Wilma. Hello. Hello. Hi, how are you? Yeah, I'm fine. It's a very sunny morning this morning here. Very and, nice. And uh, the spring is, is coming. So uh, wow. it's all good, I guess. Very good. Well, we had a lovely day yesterday, but I'm not sure, so sure about today. No. Okay. So tell us exactly where you are in the Netherlands. Yeah, I'm in Groningen, and that's a, a student town uh, with 60,000 students and uh, 200,000 people in total. And it's in the north of the Netherlands, in the province of Groningen. Uh, and it's near the German border. Uh, it's next to Friesland. A lot of uh, Irish people know Friesland from the, from the, uh, from the Friesian cow. I always oh, yeah. tell Irish people where Groningen is. It's near Friesland. Okay. Yeah. So that's the origin of the Friesian, is it? Uh, yes, I think think it is. But mm. we have Frisian cows here as in the whole. Uh, there are everywhere Frisian cows. So okay. yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, Wilma, we want to talk to you about residencies in particular. Yeah. But can we start by going back into your sort of early years and talk about your education and so on, yeah. where you were born, all that sort of thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was born in the opposite side of the Netherlands in Heerlen which is a town also very near to Maastricht. A lot of people know Maastricht. Oh. It's in the province of Limburg. And I was born in Heerlen, and it's an old mining town. So when I grew up, the, the mines closed. There was a lot of unemployment then. 
it's it's like a bit like the northern English region uh, with a lot of unemployment and the mining closing. And uh, when I grew up, uh, when I was very young, my, my father became very ill. Uh, and uh, my my mother, she couldn't cope, cope with it very well. And so I stayed with a lot of people, which is quite normal being from a Catholic background uh, that, that you could eat with the neighbors. They just put a plate on the table and you just, you just could eat with them. Mm -hmm. But I had a very good friend and, uh, from primary school, Eva, Eve. And she uh, she lived on a farm, and her father was an artist. So uh, at a very young age, I uh, became aware of what art is and uh, uh, what what it looks like. And he made uh, paintings with religious uh, things on it, mm -hmm. like Adam and Eve in Paradise, but then painted in a very cubistic way. All right. So, and I, I really loved it. I was so much impressed by um, by those paintings. I think I was seven or eight years old. And uh, we were, went to play in his, his studio, which wasn't quite allowed, but we did anyway. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was always a skull of a German soldier in the back, uh, which this this father of eve found um uh, in the garden that german soldier at the end of the second world war and he buried it and mm. he dug up the head later so also i was very much inspired by those gruesome details as, as well <laughs> yes it was it was quite an artistic family her brothers were all obsessed obsessed by the second world war and um we did kind of uh, rough uh, games in the woods, walking a lot and, and playing. And so it was a very free atmosphere there. And I think that was also very Im important why why I have become an artist. Okay. And I think yes. that every every child should see art in such a young uh, young age. That's always good. Absolutely. So yeah. did you go to college then and, and, and study yeah. art? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, then I went to first, before going to college, I wanted to go uh, go somewhere. Um, and the bus going to India had just stopped. But I, um, want, I hitchhiked together with a friend to Egypt, uh, which is quite something to think about now mm. because you wouldn't think about those things that it can be dangerous as well yes. you just did it mm. so we hitchhiked to Greece and there we had to wait for the bus or for the for the boat to Egypt and I said we stayed two months there all the way down to the Nile with the, with the train uh, which took many 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 days to get to Aswan where the Aswan, da Aswan dam is Yes. Uh, and very beautiful islands um, along the Nile. And uh, then after two months, we de decided to have to go back. And then after that, I went back to, to Heerlen, where I lived then. But I wanted to study art in an art academy, because uh, art uh, academies are a higher education in Holland. It's mm -hmm. not part of the university. But first I went to the free academy in The Hague. And that's something you do before you go to an art academy. And there you can practice everything there is from film, photography, lithography, drawing, painting, ceramics, everything. And mm. uh, and it's, it's, it's very good to develop all those things as well to know what you want to do. Mm. And um, I uh, was there for two years, and then I got admitted to an art academy in Den Bosch. And that's an art academy in the middle of, Den Bosch is a city in the middle of uh, the Netherlands. It's just very near to Utrecht. And I did printmaking there for a year. Uh, and I uh, didn't like it at all. I didn't like the town. I found it so small and not very nice uh, and I didn't like the printmaking that much 
I liked the print painting making, but I wanted to do painting and drawing as well. And the teachers that I had then was, they were saying to me, you know, you have to do printmaking first for a few years, and then you can develop, develop printing and drawing as well. And I mm. didn't, I totally didn't agree for, with that. Yes. So yes. I left and I did an application for Art Academy in Groningen, which I liked very much as a city and I wanted to live there. And it was admitted in the second year. Um, and there I did printmaking, making, but uh, painting and drawing as well. And it was very important there that there I had a teacher who was saying to me, uh, you shouldn't do print, you shouldn't do painting, but because painting, painting has be, be, been declared dead. The, like the death of that's the very novel, radical the death of painting the death of poetry and so i was very much um uh inspired by that by that idea that uh, such a thing could be dead hmm. which i didn't agree at all and but i also thought oh painting is dead so it has to start anew it has to start on a new way and so from that time also and it's still important very very important now for me that i wanted to do something with painting without the classical means yes like yes. Uh, the using the canvas and the frames but i wanted to use things more in an experiment experimental way and i have been developing that uh, all already for many years and it's gone further and further and further and now I'm also quite in between painting and sculpture. Um, I make uh, uh, sculptural pieces which derive from painting, from the history of painting, uh, but I also draw and I make artist books and mm. I make prints. So I still make prints. Mm. And I'm now in an exhibition with two of those teachers from them boss which is very funny in a way as well um yeah so, so tell us about books now you books. when you mention books what, what exactly do you mean by that uh, artist books um i learned that uh to make an artist book an artist book is an idea or a concept which you have and then um you perform that in a book made mostly done by hand like uh, you have several stitches to use or the technique is very important uh yeah just I, so that's also yeah are, are these made sorry sorry for interrupting you wilma are these made as sketchbooks or are they no, not work in, in themselves no. no it's uh for example i have made a book about a whale skull mm -hmm. uh, which i saw in donegal during my first residency and that whole book is based on the shape of the whale skull hmm. and, and we're going to see a photo later of that so oh. it's an idea or a concept uh like you have an idea or a concept for, for for an artwork but then it has the book shape gotcha it is also like a little film because you see the first page and then you see the second page and everything you see is is important yeah i understand yes yeah. now at what point you got married to robert what, uh, yeah uh, what stage yeah, was that yeah i think i was just 25 or so okay yeah yeah mm -hmm. yeah. yeah because then after art school we went uh, cycling in ireland quite a lot Hmm. with everything on our bicycles, with the tent and, and things to cook. And yeah. we cycled. First we did the Ring of Kerry, and then we did uh, we went to Cork, and then we cycled from Cork to Limerick, and then we cycled in the middle of Ireland, and then we cycled in Connemara, and then we, we cycled in Donegal, and we, then we cycled hmm. in, in Northern Ireland. And the difference between Ireland and Netherlands is because Ireland is empty and, and Holland is full. Mm -hmm. with people and traffic and ex ex especially in that time at the beginning of the 90s mm -hmm. there weren't there wasn't so much traffic in ireland so you could no. cycle very well 
yeah, yeah. Roads so the population right? of the Netherlands is 17 million, isn't that right? Yeah, 17 million. And, yeah. and area-wise, would it be much the same as Ireland, or would it be slightly No, bigger? it's, it's um, quite flat. Only yeah. in south of the Netherlands, you have a few hills where I'm from. There you have hills, beautiful landscape. Yeah. But the rest, or the east, is also a bit hilly with wood. But it's it's not you cannot compare it with with Ireland and no. also like uh, here when something is old it's been cleared away and so in Ireland you have this strange uh, mixture of of history and daily life like you see the ruins and you see all the things that happened before mm. and also the people speak about uh, Napoleon Napoleon invading Ireland he didn't of course but he wanted to. Um, like it's been yesterday. So uh, the things that that we don't have that in our in in Holland. Yes. People speak a lot about the Second World War, but just before before that, it doesn't seem to exist. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. and I think also it's, it has something to do with Second World War because it's so much shock that all the history before that, all the oral history has been forgotten. Mm, mm, okay. Yeah. So your your immense travels throughout Ireland probably leads you in a position where you know Ireland better than most Irish people. Yeah, I think I know it quite <laughs> well. Yes. It's also nice being on a bicycle makes you connect with the land so much more, much more than uh, than in a car because you're very slow, slow traveling. Yes. And even more when you walk, what I do now more, I walk more. I, mm. I quit bicycling because I found it too too busy in Ireland as well. Yeah. And walk, I like walking now more. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so let, let's let's talk about residencies and and why they're so appealing to you and why why they they're important. Never mind yeah. appealing. Yeah, I have this strong uh, urge just to step out of my bubble here in the Netherlands. Uh, of course, I know a lot of artists here as well, and I know what they're doing. And uh, but it's also nice just to go outside your bubble and in in a totally strange country. Or not that strange, yeah. but you're you're it's different than when then you are when you are on holiday, mm. because then you are more uh, having leisure time. While when you are in a in a residency, you're working quite hard, and everything which is which you're doing in your normal life, like you have to do shopping, you have to do this, you have to teach or whatever. That's that's always uh, that that disappears. So you get a very strong uh, focal point of attention, and um, you make huge steps uh, in your development in a few weeks. Um, yes. And also, uh, it makes you realize as lot also always that you are. Um, you are uh, your roots like you start think about what your roots are like mm. uh, because you see all kind of people that are different so you get confronted with who you are and, yeah. and what you want so mm. and I find that also a very inspiring thing and sometimes it's also difficult because you are on your own and if there's a situation about something you have to solve it all on your own yeah. and you're not at home so you're a bit out of your comfort zone oh totally i mean what's, what's interesting about that and only only two days ago i listened to somebody talk about um being alone i mean the, the whole idea of, of of solitary and uh there was a, a study done by a number of students or with a number of students i mean several hundred where they brought them into, into a, a room uh, on their own and they gave them a little shock just to show that it was bearable, but still quite painful. Yeah, yeah. Nice, okay. And then they said, right, we want you to, we're going to leave you here alone for as long as you can. Okay. And something like 80 to 90% of, of the people didn't last more than half an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before, yeah, before yeah. they actually gave themselves a shock oh, yeah, in yeah, order yeah. to get out. Oh yeah, 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 yes. Okay. Yeah, you probably heard about that. Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, it's something that that you, people who aren't who haven't experienced it may not fully appreciate what it is to be solitary yeah. like that. 
yes but sometimes uh, it get mixed it gets mixed up with uh, being on holiday so i really have to explain that that a residency is a period when there is very much work to be done in a very short time because sometimes it's only 14 days like in heinrich Böll cottage or at kirelig it's mostly 10 days yeah. uh, i did a residency in northern ireland a project called artsland that was three months uh, so the different time as well. Yes, yes. So what what do you experience from that? What 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 brings what comes to your work as a result of being yeah. on these? Yeah, I'm a minimalistic artist, inspired by the 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 minimalistic tradition, but also I'm inspired by by nature as well. So mm. I see shapes in nature. Uh, hills or uh, valley or things like that and those shapes stay with me mm. and uh, they inspire me when I'm at home yeah so it's it's even like an abstract minimalist artist which I am is mm. being in nature very important for me okay and yeah. also these kind of nature because I I, I like the northern European uh, countryside. Uh, you can see the horizon much, much more than than here in, in the Netherlands. You can never see the horizon. It's all mm. totally filled up with buildings and and other things. Okay. Yeah. No. Interesting. Um, just on a subject we were talking about earlier, um, Marianne came back and said Netherlands is a third the size of size of Ireland. I knew it was a little smaller, all right. So when you think about that and seventeen million people in in an yeah. island and, or and in an area, yeah, third the, the size. North, the north is relatively uh, less populated than the rest of the Netherlands. In the three northern provinces, there are 1.2 million people. Okay. The, most of the people in the Netherlands live in the area Amsterdam, The Hague, Rotterdam, and Utrecht. That that circle of, of, of mm. places. Yeah. Okay. Right. So we were talking about your work and what inspires it. We're going to have a look at that now. But before, before that, I want to look at your studio. Uh, now, your studio is not where you are at the moment. No, I'm at not home. Too, you're at home. But the studio doesn't have good uh, internet. So No, no, uh, no internet at you, all. You did a little film. So I'm going to show that now, Wilma. And if you could talk through it and yeah. tell us what we're looking at. Yeah. Yeah, this is uh, the hallway of my studio. It's in an old French girls' convent, um, which was built in 1789. And then there have been several schools in it. It has been artist studios from uh, about 40 years ago. I'm already here, 25 years. The, it, it's in a building with 17 other artists. Uh, uh, this uh, room used to be, the, I always thought, the teacher's room, but somebody told me it's the geography uh, room. Mm. So the left side of the studio, which I'm showing now, is reserved for my painterly objects. Here I do a big installation on the wall, which they all uh, work together. These are pieces on the on the table. This is my etching press, also very important, very good to have. And this part of my studio is reserved for the drawing. To have these drawings are made, some of them at the stay of Heinrich Böll, some of them on Faroe Isles, uh, these are some prints as well, which I frame. And this is the floor with remnant, <laughs> remnants of old old paint. So it's a very good space. Very yeah. hot in summer and very cold in winter. Okay. And, and you're surrounded by another yeah. handful of artists as well. Yeah. 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 And is there a social side to that? Uh, yeah. Once a year we do an open studio, which is good. Yeah. Uh, and some sometimes we also meet on different occasions. That's also good to be in a studio place with, with other artists as well. It's better than being at home on your own, I, I always find. Yes, absolutely. Um, and is it a big difference between, you know, being in a residency and doing work and being in your studio? Yes, it's it's <laughs> it's, it's 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 different because in a studio you are you are working there and then going home and doing your things there but in an artist residency you're in between your work 24 hours so you wake up with your pajamas on and the first thing you do is going to work 
yeah. and then making some breakfast. But this, the thing is, uh, yeah, you, it, that makes it much more intense than, than, than in a studio. Mm. You're so much surrounded by your work and by your thoughts of, about your work and what you want to do. Yeah. So really, really, when you're you're on residency, you're absolutely not at home. Whereas no. in your studio, you know that there are so many things at home yeah. to be done. Yeah. Well. yeah, yeah, yeah. You have it in your head. Oh, I have to go to this and that, and I have to this and that, and later this will happen. And somebody calls, and uh, yeah, you know how it is. <laughs> absolutely. All right. Um, we look at some of your work now, and you can talk us through that. Okay. This uh, Christmas break. I went uh, to, I've looked at all my old work. Uh, I sometimes do that. And uh, this is a painting about uh, 20 years old. And um, it's a combination of two paintings. Because then I thought, um, why can't I uh, use several paintings in one? So I cut the middle side, middle round out of another painting. And I stuck, it, stuck this on this canvas. Mm -hmm. which is also a combination then okay you can yeah this is a a, a big branch of 15 centimeters uh, and I found it found this in the woods and I um, cut it in four pieces because I had to need had to I had the need to open it up and look what in what is inside this wood wooden thing and to, to show the inside to the world. I had to turn it around. So this is the inside which you see uh, with the oil paint on it. And I glued it together in this shape. Yes, yes. So all of this, all of your work seems to have a sort of spatial. Yeah, spatial dimension, yes. Dimension to it, exactly. That's yeah, better yeah. put than yes. the older That's works, neat. yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, this is a, a friend of mine. A lot of people give me a lot of materials where I can make something with. And these are two pieces of banister, which you have alongside the stairs. And I glue them together. Uh, and I put some oil crayon on it. And uh, I like it to make something very long and thin, thin during that years because it it's gives a good uh, connection with the surroundings it makes you look at the wall very much and you see you see the object it's an object of course but you can see the the, the space around it as well very much yeah so it's uh, it's it functions as a object in space and the spaces are as important as the object yeah yeah space is as important as as the object yeah so yeah. this is also very special with what i did about 15 years ago this is a big piece of sanding paper uh, and i i glued that to a piece of wood and then i burned it off first i put paint on it and then i burned it off with a hot soldering iron and so this is a different process than putting paint on or something on, on wood or canvas or whatever. But I, I, I peeled it off. So that's different as well. I did that also for, for hmm. and also quite a big piece as well. Okay. okay. Um, can I ask you, Wilma, the, the, the fact that your teacher in college told you that, you know, traditional painting on canvas is dead. That obviously had had quite an impact on you. Yeah, quite you, an you impact. You seem to be averse to <laughs> to using canvas at all. Yeah, I did, but uh, but like in the first um, image, uh, that's a canvas. Uh, mm. Sometimes the the canvas reappears, but then cut loose. Okay. So not yes. on the frame. Okay. All right. Okay, this is uh, inspired by an exhibition. Uh, I. Well, in in Estonia, I was having an exhibition in 2011 uh, uh, in an art center in Rapla, and it's a little little town near Tallinn, which is the capital of Estonia. Mm -hmm. I was asked by uh, the curator to do that, and she gave me uh, uh, pieces of newspaper which had such a strange orange color, uh, and uh, and of course I couldn't read the letters because it was in a different language mm -hmm. and the shape uh, I derives from I made a uh, drawing in a book for every every day drawing every day in a book 
for many, many years. So I tried out in a drawing what kind of shape I could use. So I stuck this newspaper on a piece of styrofoam with a, with a, with a glue, uh, glue side. And then I cut, cut this in this shape. Yes. And you don't have titles for your work, Wilma, do you? No, I don't. don't uh, I don't think it's it's not suitable to have a title. If it's not clear, this and this should have a title. I, mm -hmm. you, you shouldn't do it because um, you maybe you invent something uh, to make it easier for the viewer. But at the, at the other side is that you block uh, the ideas of the viewer of your work because you're putting a word on it. Yeah. which isn't totally true. I understand. Yeah, no, that's, that's you a good point. You only do it when it's very ob obvious and it should have a title. Yeah, okay. And in a sense, isn't that the difference between figurative and abstract? Yeah, yeah, it could be, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is my studio. This is the yeah. ongoing project I have on the wall. So all the pieces that I made, um, they are in a big installation together and they are having a conversation also with each other. If I take one piece off, then the, the constellation or the installation changes. Uh, and I have just recently heard that in Chinese landscape, landscape philosophy, um, this is called uh, the poetic space. So it's the space in between the works Mm -hmm. uh, which you see and in in western world we don't have this kind of thing we have this uh, idea of kant uh, the, philosopher, the philosopher that um a thing is a thing and that's it and the thing is isolated um on itself and not in its surroundings and yes. i I think I'm this this idea of poetic space appeals to me so much because that's that's I've been working uh, to make all the pieces go together. Hmm. But yet, I, I think you you were mentioning to me that they can be not so much seen separately, but they don't need to include all of the works there. For instance, no, if you are no. in a smaller area, yeah, you could yeah. choose pieces and recreate. Yeah, recreate. Yeah, yeah because <laughs> these these walls are five meters high. So that's very uh, easy uh, to do to do that. Um, uh, but like in the Limerick Museum, which I have an exhibition in April, it's a smaller space. So I make a smaller edition of this. Yes, yes. Okay, this is uh, at the house of Heinrich Böll in on Eckel Island. Uh, Heinrich Böll was a very well-known uh, German uh, writer. He, he lived, uh, he was born... Uh, just before the Second World War, of many years before the Second World War. And he came to Ireland after uh, the Second World War and bought a house for his family. He lived in Köln and he didn't have much space at home. And um, yeah, he bought this house and he stayed for many, many months uh, in, in this cottage. And the memory of Heinrich Bills all also very much alive on Eckel Island. People tell about Heinrich Böll like he came to visit yesterday. Yes. So he, he uh, won the Nobel Prize of Literature in the, I think in 1972. And then the money was put into a foundation. And when he died in the 80s, uh, this, this house still exists and mm -hmm. it's a foundation and you can apply to do a residency there, uh, which I did twice already and quite hard because a lot of people apply are, are always applying there. So, so they're writers primarily, aren't they? Yeah, writers primarily, but 40% are uh, artists. And that uh, that time when I went to visit it, the last time uh, Ireland had just opened up because of COVID. I think it was open for two weeks, uh, and I could. I was the first one to go into the cottage uh, because it had been renovated totally. Mm. And this is the the they called it the 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 studio space or the the artist room. Yes, which is a very high space. And what I did a lot was walking uh, and. Uh, in the in the hills and uh, several paths 
uh, and I'm in. I came in the cottage again, and inspired by that, I make these uh, drawings. They're mm -hmm. quite big. They are one meter by eighty centimeters. Yes, and is there? Um, uh... There's something written on top. Is there? Is that isn't yeah, a title yeah. by any chance? Is I, I was in between. There's no internet in mm -hmm. the in the cottage. It's it's very big. Two cottages with a little hallway in between. You have three studios and two bedrooms and a big living room, and all totally filled with books. So um, you was I was sitting by the fireside in the evening and reading and reading and reading. And I had the strange feeling that the books were whispering to me, saying words. So I thought, why don't I try to begin a drawing and write a word on it? So the left one is uh, sea, sea. Yeah. and the right one is wind. So yeah. the elements which were there were also very important at that stage. Hmm. Okay. This is uh, three drawings I made on Faroe Isles. The Faroe Isles are an island group in between Shetland and Iceland. I was there in 2022 uh, for about quite long, six weeks, in a school uh, in a town called Tjernuvik. Uh, the people there pronounce it Tjernuvik, they say. Mm -hmm. And um, it's a little town uh, with maybe 30 people in it, and only three people spoke English. The priest, um, uh, the, the, there was a sailor who went to Rotterdam, he spoke uh, English, and uh, there was a policeman living next to me, which was very safe, mm. uh, uh, and he spoke English <laughs> as well. Yes, yes. Nothing happens in Faroe Isles. Uh, all the people's the houses are open, and... Yeah. Um, you, you just you just can go in if you like. They don't even expect you to knock, which I found peculiar. Yes. But uh, it's a very nice uh, group of aisles, which isn't very well known to a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I came in. Yeah, I came in contact with an English writer, uh, Tim Eckert, and he wrote a book about it. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, he gave me a lot of context as well and I went walking a lot and drawing a lot uh, so it was was very good and at the end I was snowed in and mm -hmm. then Robert came to visit me and we were snowed in together which I absolutely wanted to to see the winter again because I miss winter so much here there's no snow and ice because of the the, the heating climate yes and uh, it, I think it was in the end of March and uh, yeah, we were snowed in and really very big, big meters of snow. All right. We have yeah. some photographs later on of the yeah. residency. Yeah. So, some, yeah. Yeah, some of them. Yeah. So this is that, your, your point in perspective. Yeah. Yeah. This was a, a work inspired by COVID because then we had this period. Um, uh, yeah, we couldn't go anywhere. And uh, I have this old atlas, which I used to look into quite often and imagine where I could go next. But then I couldn't go anywhere. So first I thought, oh, um, I can use this <clears throat> to make a drawing in because it has a history as well. This this um, this this drawing paper of this this atlas paper. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it was an old atlas from Walters Noordhof. That's a very well-known uh, uh, education public house. Uh, and you could take the maps out very easily. So you could draw on them and also make prints on them. And very recently, I now have an exhibition with a few of them. So mm -hmm. that was also inspired by that special period. Okay, okay. Yeah, and this is a work, um, it's a cast of a um, uh, 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 watercolor box, because after that period of making drawings on maps, I uh, thought I became very much interested in my very near surroundings, and I was thinking, what does the artist need? And I have to create something which is in this, this space. So uh, I wanted, I was inspired by the, the, the things I work with. Yeah. Like this is an aquarelle, a, a watercolor box. 
And if you look closely, you see uh, still the little things where the paint used to be. Yeah, around here. Yeah. Paper mache in it, and it has to dry quite very long. This is small work. Sometimes I just take it home uh, to put it in the oven, and uh, <laughs> and mm. and then it dries, and it has yeah. egg, egg tempera on it. And what's also very interesting interesting to me is that there are on the on the frontier of when is something abstract and when is something figurative because this is figurative this is a box uh, a watercolor box so this is this crosses the line between uh, abstract and figurative for me which i also find interesting yes absolutely yeah yeah and this is a quite a big piece um it's a stretch of frame uh, I made a cast of paper mache as well. What I did, I have a big wooden crate to um, to transport art in. Uh, and I had the stretcher frame, which you use to, to put canvas on. Uh, and I put that into the crate. And mm-hmm. I have some paper mache bags, I think. Like, f- I used five of those bags. It, it, it took immensely um, so much material to... to, to to, to put it all under this material and it mm. had to dry I think it took three months to dry it was also very easy to very very hard to get it out uh, yeah. and then I put some uh, egg tempera as well it's also quite something new for me using egg tempera but I, I love the colors they're so very much so bright and mm. and such an easy paint to make with with uh, the crushing of the egg and a bit of water and the pigments and all the pigments are also quite different. They dissolve different. They have a different aspect as well. All right. Yeah. So probably I, dry, dry differently, do they? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. the color is also. So I work as a curator sometimes hmm. uh, quite often now as well. Uh, that all started uh, about 10 years ago. A German uh, artist, she gave me, she, uh, that I know from Facebook, she uh, emailed me. She had a project called the Manic Radicals Visit. And so that was my first curator project. Uh, she gave me an exhibition of international artists. I came to pick it up. I was in Berlin, Berlin and we drove past the house in Hamburg and we took all the work with us. Mm-hmm. And there was a spare spare uh, shop somewhere, and we made a. I made my first curator exhibition, and I've had a lots of attention from the newspaper and so on. But this is the drawing box. Yeah, this and is a very interesting, a very interesting concept. Yeah, yeah this is the drawing box. It's uh, it's uh, made by. Uh, it's invented by Diane Henshaw from Northern Ireland. She lives in Temple in Fermanagh. And during COVID, she um, she wanted to help other artists, so she made a cardboard box and asked some of art, some a lot of artists to give five A5 drawings, and uh, and it started with fifty artists, um, and the first exhibition with all those drawings was uh, at her studio. And then this box went to travel. So it went to travel um, to India and there was someone, an artist living there and she had the access to a gallery and made an exhibition with it. And then it came to Groningen, the drawing box. But sorry, the artists are adding to it all the time, aren't they? Yeah, they're adding to it all the time because sometimes work is uh, sold and then I'll, I'll send a message to that person send me a new drawing so this was at my studio during covid because Mm. i made the installation i just stuck all the drawings to the wall uh, with some kind of material Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, i had so many drawings i think i have had 400 drawings Uh, how many 400 400 400 yes yes but then uh, the third lockdown in the netherlands happened in two days when the exhibition was on and I, it, you had to make an appointment with me to visit the exhibition. Mm-hmm. Every cultural venue closed during that time, but I decided to stay open. 
because I had all my agenda booked full with appointments of people who wanted to come and visit uh, this exhibition. Mm. And uh, so I had a, I've had very good reactions to it and I had a big review in the newspaper. Mm -hmm. And then after that, it went to Scotland. And then after that, it went to San Francisco. Um, and, but then it got very expensive to send all those drawings in that box. Yes. And so it's been donated to Nival or Nival. How do you pronounce that? In, uh, prob yeah, probably Nival. Or, Nival in yeah. Dublin. Yeah. And they are going to make an exhibition with it. And it's all part of a Facebook group called Drawing Box. And uh, we started making films for each other. Mm -hmm. So some of the films are shown. I'm not sure if they're on their website, but they're going to do something with it. Okay. Now, Nival or Nival, whatever it is, uh, I'm not familiar with, but but I believe it's part of NCAD. Yeah, it's inside the NCAD. Yes, so it's like the library and of... The library, it's a, an a archive which collects works of Irish artists, but also yes. from other artists because there are a lot of different uh, nationalities in this. Yeah, but what a very interesting concept. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, at a time that uh, yeah. would have embraced something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It went on for years and years. I think yeah. it took maybe two or three years. Now yeah. it recently stopped. Okay. Well, now it's ar archived in 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 yes, NCAD. Archived. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. yeah. And right, now this is the last also, piece now. Yeah. Now also I have my own uh, exhibition space. It's called the Portier's Lodge or the Gatekeeper's Lodge. Mm -hmm. And that has been created about 15 years ago in stu studio building in Groningen. Uh, and it's the front uh, place of the, of the studio building. And it's just been shut off uh, because it was a gatekeeper's lodge mm. the, of a school. So it's, it's, it's very small, but it's very high. And you can only see it from the window outside. So it's, it's people from the street. They see it walking yeah. by. Yeah. So and it's the size of a, of a one person's bed. I see. Okay. And this is the work of André Geertse from Tilburg, and uh, he had the second exhibition uh, during my curatorship or curatorship of the 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 Gatekeeper's Lodge. Yeah. The first one came from Turkey. His name was Erdem Kucigoroglu. Maybe I don't pronounce the name very good. But he helped me making a website and he helped me with the design of the exhibition, mm. which is also so I'm going to do all kind of different things in that. And it's mainly based, it's mainly for artists from Groningen. Yeah, yeah. But Very I good. have some international connections with it too, because the next exhibition will be from a photographer from New Mexico, Alexander Huddleston. Uh, and she's the next ones. So I'm. Uh, I started this, and I got so much, so much response. I could fill this space for three years, really? which I don't do because I, I want to be open <clears throat> to new developments. At all, it, it's full for a year, and then at the at I think after the summer, I will look at the program again for the next year. Yeah, right. Okay. These are some photos now of your residencies. So if yeah. you could talk us through these, yeah. Yeah, the left one is uh, in a town called Klaksvik, uh, and that's for Faroese um, uh, things. Faroese, uh, they call this big town, okay. but it's not really that. It's not really that big, sure. the, but um, uh, it's very. It has a kind of shape of mountains. You, I recognize it from everywhere. This typical Klaksvik mountain. And I show this image to a friend from the United States, and she comes to Denmark a lot. And she tells me in the Norwegian and Danish language, they have a word for this. They call this Stark, which means, I think, a place for rough beauty. Okay, yes. Yeah. yes. And okay. The, the, the photo on the right hand in the corner, that's uh, an artwork. It's a bit bit difficult to see, but there was a big uh, stone and they put a stone bird on it, which I found so fascinating. Fascinating. Yes. 
because there was also a, a quite a lot of public art in the Faroe Isles as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the one at the bottom? And the, the one at the bottom, that's the, the school where I was staying in the class, classroom of the, of the children. Uh, because it used to be a school, the whole a town had been to that school. Um, and so the maps, which was used being at school, were still hanging in the in the classroom, which I found it very inspiring as well. Yes. Yes. And there were a lot of uh, books, uh, uh, all in Faroese language, but there was one in English and in Faroese. So I, I taught myself one sentence uh, to speak to. I went to church there to listen to uh, the, the sermons, the, the service. Mm -hmm. I really loved the Faroese language. And after that, we had tea and coffee. And so I could say once a sentence, which I have forgotten now already. Mm -hmm. I'm Wilma Vissers. I'm from the Netherlands. I'm an artist. And That's then... all you need to say. Hmm? That's all you need to say. Yeah. yeah, they all. And then they said, Hallendigur, uh, they said. And that means Dutch person. So they yeah. already, because it was such a small town. Yeah. They already knew me and had me seen me walking around, which I did a lot. So yeah. it was such a nice place. Lovely. Yeah. This is maybe very well known to Irish people. I did a residency in 2009, my first one, in a place called Klo or Klo Kartlan. It's an Irish-speaking residency. And it's a big uh, print uh, studio, which was founded by Ian Joyce and Una Highland, I think. Not sure if the surname is Highland. I think it is. Mm -hmm. um, and this is the railway station, which there used to be railway from yes. somewhere to Northern Ireland. Okay. And that uh, has also been in a, in a film with Donald Sutherland. Uh, Donald Sutherland, I think the railway man. Really? But if yeah. you look closely, you can, you can see the ramp where the train you is. Can. yes. Yeah. And you could make walks uh, there uh, over that empty railway uh, talut, we call that in Dutch. I don't know the word for that in English, okay. but the rails had been taken away. It was quite muddy and wet as well. You couldn't walk the whole stretch. You couldn't do that. Uh, but I found that also very inspiring, all the, uh, the things you sh you still could see from the railway. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and did I, they create a walkway from that? No, I didn't. Did, they should do that, but they, they should, didn't. Yeah. I hope they go Maybe to... they will. But yeah. they're obviously renovating the, the, the station house there, right? Yeah, they have re renovated that, and you can rent that, rent that for an Airbnb or something like ah, that. Okay, all right, yeah. 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 Uh, also, this is the Mummers Museum, and uh, I was doing a residency in 2019, just before COVID. I uh, made an artist books library together with children and all other kind of people filled with images from the countryside. Uh, I made a plan for that, and that plan was chosen. Uh, and I stayed in Derry Lynn for three months in the house of the artist. And this is uh, the museum, and it was next to the Mamas Museum. In it, and there's also a piece of mine hanging, a piece mm -hmm. made of Hessian cloth, um, uh, next to the, and it's next to the Mamas Museum. And I had a, I had a key, so I could enter the museum anytime I liked. And for people that don't know what a mummer is, that's a straw doll uh, to do a kind of dances with. Uh, to go along the houses here in Groningen we have St. Martin that's quite similar I guess yeah, yeah. at the end of the end of the year with Christmas time and they have this strange straw hats on and straw costumes uh, and they uh, go knocking on doors you have those kind of same tradition in Iceland as well mm -hmm. And doing songs and drinking and dancing. And you have to guess who is under the straw hats. All right. And yeah. What happens then, I don't know. But okay. And, yeah. yeah. They had uh, sometimes they walked with, uh, with all the dolls and things they had on. But they didn't do that for many years because the farmers around didn't like that the people walked on their lands. All right. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, so this is Iceland. I did a project 
concerning the artist books in, in 2018 in Skaftfell, and that's an art center uh, in Sedisfjörder in the east of Iceland, uh, founded by Dieter Roth, and that's a very well-known German artist as well who lived on Iceland. And it was in an old fish factory, uh, and it was uh, three weeks, and it, the, the main topic was the artist book, what the artist book can do, what it looks like, what shape it can have. And it was together with seven in international artists. Two were from Australia, one for, was from Canada, two were from the Netherlands, one mm -hmm. for, was from England, and one was from France. And we were divided in three houses. Uh, uh, one of which is on the right-hand side there. Uh, no, not, that is something else. I'll tell you later. Um, and uh, so we had meetings in the evening and during the daytime we worked in the TECMUS and that's a technical museum in Sedifjordir uh, with all, all kind of agriculture old machines and also old printing machines. I and I did lithography there and they did all kind of different things. Uh, very recently there has been a big mud flood in uh, Sedifjordir. And so this museum is has been destroyed. I feel. Oh, no. And tell us about the building on the right, bottom right yeah, hand side. That's so. Uh, I think it's Waymark somewhere. Uh, oh. To and that is a uh, uh, Robert standing in front of that little beautiful red house. Yes. Because I also like it uh, to make a photo of this immense landscape and having someone in it because then you can see the scale of it. Mm. Yes. So I think it's. Just uh, uh, the way to, to to point out to people you are here. Uh, so and I wasn't exactly sure what it was, but I found it very striking. Well, I've misled everybody because I assumed that was one of your residencies. <laughs> no, no, no. And I no. put it up on Instagram and said, "Yeah, yeah I could you?" <laughs> very good. Yes. All right. Oh yeah, this is on Ankle Island. This is a walkway, I think, also near the deserted village, which is very well known on Eckel Island. Um, and I just made lovely walks there. And yeah. uh, the, this is also very interesting. This is Kilwelig. And I like the shape, the, the, the color of this strange wall. And we were speaking to each other, us six living in the cottages. Uh, I knew uh, a woman who did a residency in Kilwelig before, and she lives in Groningen as well. And mm -hmm. she told me there's an opera singer, singer living in that house. And then we were celebrating International Women's Day at the night of 8th of uh, March. March, yeah. And we wanted to invite her as well. So we put a note on, on, her, uh, on her house, but I think she wasn't there. Yeah, which was that some other lady, she came from Poland, but she lived in Dublin. She knew her as well. She knew that she was a singer. All right. Okay. Well, hopefully she can see this now. Yeah. And recognize herself. Yeah, recognize herself. <laughs> okay. Now, before we, we, we go to Q&A, I want you to talk about three artists that, that have had an influence on you. Yeah. Um, starting with Richard Tuttle, this one here. Yeah, Richard Tuttle is an American minimalist, mi minimalist, but he is not like uh, the very straight-edged minimalist like Donald Jod. Maybe you know Donald Jod. He is also quite playful in his way he depicts, uh, he, he uses materials, which uh, also um, kind of installation way, and have been loving, have been mad for his work for many, many, many years. He mm -hmm. also has this little string. And then people who are skeptic about the art would say, is that an art? <laughs> is that an artwork? Yes. But that little string has such a uh, strong, um, how do you say it? It's such a strong appearance, that little string. Mm -hmm. I can't explain it. That is uh, also very... Um, strange but i haven't seen his work very much in uh, in in real but i've went to the he had did a big big thing in the in the tate about maybe now eight nine years ago already and yeah. then he also had a big exhibition in in a museum somewhere i can't come up with the name at the moment okay not to worry not to worry and yeah. the next one this is blinky palermo 
that's a German writer, a German painter who died very young. I think he was 27 or 28. Uh, was very well known in, in Germany. Um, uh, his name, Blinky Palermo, comes from uh, a boxer from Italy, I guess. Mm. And I loved his work also quite often. And it's also kind of sculptural as well. Because it's also so mysterious because... He didn't develop after that. We only have his begin work because then he died. I see. Okay. And this is Agnes Martin, very well-known American painter living in, in near Santa Fe. I think she died in the 80s or the 90s. And I always like, she is a, a painter, the, 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 um, uh, the, yeah, I always like the, how do you say that? I just can't come up with the name, the spiritual qualities of her work. Okay. Yes. They seem very abstract, but if you look closely at them, you can also recognize certain things in it. Yeah, and yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very interesting. Okay, that's great. Thanks for that. There's a couple of uh, messages here. I can read through. Um, <clears throat> Desmond, does the shape of your paintings inform the color or does color inform the shapes? Yeah, it's quite at the same time. It's it's a moment in my head which happens at the same time. The, the shape and then the color at the same time. So you cannot, it cannot be seen loose from each other. And Des also says, I can see a connection with the poetic use of abject materials by Richard Tuttle. Yeah, 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 yes, Richard Tuttle, yes. Mm, okay. <laughs> uh, Pauline Flynn says, really interesting ideas. Uh, iPhone, oh, Mar Maria Gabriella from Italy uh, on her phone says, Wilma, your art is very interesting. You are right not to give a name to an artistic creation so the viewer can let his or her imagination fly and have a personal in interpretation yeah, yeah. of the piece. That's it, that's it. That's yeah. it, yeah, sums it up. Yeah. Thanks, thanks, Maria. Um, Pauline, beautiful piece, watercolor box. Yes, it's a great idea. That was really a great idea, the box idea. Um, Stephanie, I was thrilled to be part of the drawing box exhibition okay, during COVID. What a great idea it was. Ah, right. So Stephanie was part of that. Yeah, I, I recognize your name. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Eilish, many thanks, Wilma and Alan. Uh, David says, thanks, Wilma and Alan, and he has to leave. Okay, no problem. Um, and Leslie says, as as a fellow admirer of Agnes Martin, who died in 2004, I would wholly recommend a biography by Henry Martin, no relation, but an Irish writer and has written a fascinating and beautiful biography. Were you aware of that? No, no, I don't. I don't know that. That's interesting. Well, there's something for you. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. thanks, Leslie, for that. Yeah. That's interesting. OK, I'm going to unmute everybody. And uh, if anyone would like to make a comment, please do so. Morris. Yeah, hi, Vilma. Very much look and Alan. Very much looking forward to you coming here oh, too. Great. Yes, I also. Um, um, yeah, fascinating. Um, what you call it? Um, this just listening to you to, to talk about the work. I can't seem to get my video up there. Um, yeah. I, I just noticed that your work is very pared down, very minimal. It's exactly what it is. The residences you go to seem to be exactly the same place. Very, very sparse. Is there is there a reason you pick? residencies in the places you pick or yeah I, yeah I wouldn't go to a residency in the middle of New York I love New York I've been there a few years ago but yeah. I, I wouldn't be able to do anything I guess I, it, it's maybe my fantasy and imagination gets turned on in such a landscape okay but gotcha it's emptiness yeah, that, that 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 makes sense. Now I know you don't like to give titles to your work, and um, you want people to, I suppose, bring what they're bringing their history experiences and and backwards and forwards. But just in terms of, say, the Limerick Museum, where you're going to be showing, it's essentially a social history museum where it's it's it talks about the the history and the life of Limerick over the last few thousand years. Um, just in terms of the audience who will be looking at your work, how would you like them to approach it? Uh, yeah, maybe in a childlike way, be open to it and just um, look at it. And uh, because 
I was also very much making those pieces inspired by the things I'd seen in the Limerick Museum because they're yeah. objects as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to make a connection between those two. Okay, great. Yeah. Well, Ed Macy, congratulations on, on your talk. It's a fabulous talk. And very much looking forward to seeing you here in Limerick very yeah, soon. And yeah. uh, I'll, I'll be in touch during the week or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take That's good. Much. Okay. Thank you. Bye bye. 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 Thanks, Alan. Thank you, Morris. Thank you. No, okay. Listen, we we leave it there. Um, thank you so much, okay. Wilma. There, there you are, yeah. Wilma. Thank you so much. That was tremendous and yeah, very informative, and uh, a very interesting practice. And I just love the way you sort of meshed in the the whole residency and the importance of that. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's going to be an inspiration for a lot of people. Yeah. There are a lot of people who who I know have done residencies, but I've never really inquired from them exactly why they do them and what they get no. out. Yeah. I know it's extremely solitary, and, yeah. uh, but that, in a sense, is a very good thing because it brings out an inner part of an artist, I think, that, yeah. that really you're not going to experience in New York, are you? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. Listen, thanks again for that. Thank you all for watching. I hope you enjoyed this morning. Okay. And I look forward to seeing you in two weeks when I mentioned about this uh, couple who are involved in in um, refurbishing and, and cre recreating fantastic um frames for, for art and that's going to be really interesting Simon and Julie Cooper are their names and they're going to be with us in two weeks um, so until then thanks all for joining us and uh, we'll see you then thanks again to you Emma. bye bye, bye.